2 Timothy 4, beginning with the ninth verse, why don't you stand with me? You've been sitting for a while. Stand with me for the reading of the Word. It's a beautiful day. You should all get your motorcycles out. Yeah, zoom, zoom. Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has forsaken me or deserted me, and he's gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark. Bring him with you. He's very useful for me in ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. Can I say to you as we stop for a minute, don't ever be that guy that strongly opposes the message. Don't ever be the person that throws a roadblock into the progress of the kingdom of God. Enough said. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but they all deserted me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that through me the message would be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Only the Lonely, if that could be a title of a message. How many of you back a long, long time ago, and I know I've mentioned this in church to, before because it's something that I really think is true. How many of you remember the TV show Cheers? Anybody watch it? Were you a faithful follower of Cheers? I was not. It was on Wednesday nights, I believe, and the reason I know that is because I was in seminary then. I had a night class, and when the class ended... Get this. You know what the class was called? You'll never believe it. Storytelling. <laughs> Me? Anyway, when the class was over, the whole class would go to the professor's apartment. And some of them would drink wine, some of them would eat cheese, but they always watched Cheers. That's where I got introduced to Cheers because I wasn't much on watching that kind of thing back then, didn't have the time. But listen to this, making your way in the world today, this is the lyrics to the theme song and I won't read them all, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got, taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot, wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail and your little angel hung the cat up by its tail and your third fiance didn't show. <laughs> Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. You know, you and I would say that Paul was probably the most known character within the Word of God. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But here he is as we're reading right now, and he's sitting in a jail cell. And you've heard me say that so many times about Paul because so many of his letters are called prison letters. They're written from jail. And he's sitting in jail with this one, and he's nearing the end of his life. He's an older man. He's alone. A couple of weeks ago, I preached to you from one of the epistles, the prison epistles, and I told you that people had to take care of him, you know, that people had to provide for him. 
I actually think that right now that gang's dropping off. And I think that's Paul's taking notice of that. If you paid attention to what he had to say uh, in the passage, you get that impression. Look at what he says here in the 10th verse. Demas, in love with this present world, has divert, des- deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Deserted. That's a big word. Alone. Then you have to ask your question about Demas. Why does he love this present world? Well, you know what loved means. He loved something. But you really got to understand this present world to get a feel for what that means. It means a particular stage of history. And I want you to know that this is when you look at the Greek word. This is what it means. Listen close to this. It's very important that you get this. Meaning, when it says Demas loved this present age, or he loved this world, King James uses the word age, I believe. ESV uses world. I don't know what the other versions use. But here's what it means. In the original Greek language, it means a particular, got it? Particular place in history according to its values, beliefs, and morals that are in opposition and in distinction to God's. You got to understand what Paul just said about Demas. He just said, the world right now is all against God. And Demas, who was with me, is no longer with me because he's made a decision that he doesn't love the values, beliefs, and morals that God is putting out. Paul had to feel that. Spent his life preaching this message. He had to feel that. And and he's lonely. But Demas' love for the present world isn't what this message or this passage is all about. If you go back two verses, which I didn't read it to you. It's the eighth verse and I don't have it to put up here. I'm going to read it to you. Here's what Paul says. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. Please understand what Paul said. Two verses before this verse. If you love Jesus, one day you will be rewarded. And now he's saying with regards to Demas, but Demas loved this present world. And so he walked away from Jesus. I don't know what happened to Demas. Maybe he lost the persistence and the patience it takes to wait upon God. You ever have to wait on somebody and wait and wait? There's another piece of this story that really isn't written good that you need to see. It's about Mark. Luke is alone with me, the doctor, says to Timothy, get Mark and bring him with you. He's very useful to me for ministry. Why is that interesting to me that it says Mark? I'll tell you why. This is later in Paul's life. This is when he's an older man. And you'll recall that back in Acts, remember Mark's name is John Mark. And back in, back in Acts, there's a argument between Barnabas and Paul about who's going to go on the mission journey with him. And Barnabas says, we are taking Mark. And Paul says, no, we're not. We don't know exactly why he said that, but we know Paul said, I'm not taking him with me. 
You can't trust him. He's not worthy. Whatever the reason was, he's not going. But that too is not the point of scripture. What I want you to see is that now, many years down the line, in spite of that disagreement, who is Paul asking for? Mark. Mark. Now in his, in his twilight years, he's saying, hey, go get him for me. I, I would like to talk with him. And he wants others to come with Timothy. And he sends for Timothy. And remember who Timothy is. Timothy is friendly. He's loved. He's wanted by Paul. Paul would speak to him in terms like this. I've got no one likely who, like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Everyone else seeks their own. But Timothy seeks the things of Jesus. You know Timothy's worth as a son with the father. He has served with me in the gospel. And so you see... What he's saying here is, is, I want him to come. But that's not, his love for Timothy isn't the point. The point is, Demas, in love with this present world. The point is that Demas left Paul. The, the point is that we're deserted. Demas has forsaken me. Demas has left me. Demas has abandoned me. Have you watched the news lately? Gabby Petito, I think her name is, and Brian Laundrie. Somebody left somebody. Somebody abandoned somebody somewhere. Deserted in this passage means to leave someone behind, to not take them along, Sometimes intentionally neglecting to do that. Paul's lonely. He feels alone. He feels that he's been left. And he wants familiarity. He wants the people he knows. And he doesn't have it. And it's working on him. Have you ever been lonely? Do you know what loneliness really is? Some people can be in a crowd of people and be lonely. Other people can find themselves in the equivalent of a jail cell and really be not only emotionally but physically lonely. Paul knew this when he first went to court for being a Christian. He says back in the 16th verse, At my first defense, no one came to stand with me, but everyone deserted me. Hmm. The beginning of the letter, Paul wrote this. You're aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, amongst whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. But that's not up on the screen for you. Yeah, Paul understood loneliness. And I guess the point of today's message really is just that, Paul's loneliness. And I think there's something to be said to us about loneliness. We don't admit loneliness too often. But we all know that most times you want to go where everybody knows your name, where they're always glad you came, right? We want to know that we're not alone, that, that the troubles I have, you have, that the difficulties in my life, you understand. But we don't seem to talk about that too much. And it leaves this dreadful sense of loneliness. You know, a tragic verse in Jesus' life is at the end of Matthew's gospel. Matthew writes, 
All this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets would be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Do you suppose there that Jesus understood what it was to be lonely? To be only lonely? What did Jesus do when he was lonely? I'll tell you something he said. He said to his disciples these words. Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when all of you will be scattered, each to their own home, and you will leave me alone. Listen close to what comes next. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let me read that to you again. The hour is coming when you all be scattered and you'll leave me alone. But I'm not alone. The Father's with me. I've said these things to you so that you can have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But I have overcome the world. I want you to see the three things that Jesus acknowledged. Those disciples being scattered, basically what Jesus acknowledged is that people will be people. People will let you down. Do you know that? And you will feel alone. Years ago, a buddy of mine, he and I took a bunch of stuff down to the riverbank on the Ohio River. Now, today you wouldn't dare do this. But we took it down there, old junk and stuff, you know, we pulled out of a house, and we lit that on fire. Man, did it blaze. It'll do that when you throw gas on it. But anyway, it's just blazing up. And my little brother came down there, you know, goofy Chucky down there. We got in the truck and left. East Liverpool Fire Department showed up. <laughs> and I, I had the equivalent of, I don't know him. <laughs> the hour is coming when you, my disciples, will be scattered and you'll leave me alone. Jesus acknowledged that people will be people, life will be life, and death will come, and trials will arrive. The next thing I want you to see is this. He recognized his Father's presence and his loneliness. Listen to what he said. I've said these things to you that in me you can have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He recognized his father's presence in his loneliness that God was there when no one else would or possibly could be. I've said these things to you that you may have peace. You'll have tribulation in this life, but I have overcome the world. And finally, he acknowledged that life's just difficult. You know, as we sang that last song, you may have noticed something said there. It said, you give and take away. I love the friend under that. And by no means understand I'm saying to you that God takes from us. But we live in a fallen world. Stock markets rise and fall, don't they? Our, our fortunes, so-called fortunes, can be gone tomorrow. Sickness happens. Life happens. And Jesus acknowledges in this passage that life will be difficult. But God has overcome those difficulties. Let, 
to sum it up, what I want you to see is this. Jesus acknowledged people will fail us. He acknowledged that God is present in no matter what the situation is. And he also acknowledged that God had already overcome the loneliness of life's difficulties. And that brings me to my bottom line today. It's not a good bottom line. I wish I could have worked the wording out here better. But the presence of Jesus in our life insulates us from the isolation of life. Probably an easier way to say that is this. When you know Christ, you're never alone. When friends walk away, Jesus will be there. There's no place you can go as a Christian that Christ will not be with you. In fact, there's really only one place you can go where everybody knows your name. That's to Jesus. I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. You know why I like that? Because when they look into the furnace, what do they see? They see a fourth person in the furnace. I love the story of the prodigal son. And I'll tell you why I love the story of the prodigal son. Because when the son decides to come home, the father doesn't say, you dirty rat, go stand in the corner for a while. The father runs to meet his son, kills the fatted calf, puts a ring on his finger, a robe on his back, and shoes on his feet, and says, my son that was lost has come home. We will celebrate. Isn't that good news? I mean, God will never abandon his people. And Jesus has said to his followers these words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The good news is that the Christian is never only lonely. The good news is the Christian is never only lonely. When we know Jesus, we've got a relationship with him, he has promised to be with us.
Years ago, very early in my ministry, I, I had somebody who lost a child. In fact, a set of twins. They didn't lose them both. They lost one of the twins. And it was a difficult time for them. It was a very difficult time for them. They were bitter. Some people become bitter. You never know what the response will be to something like that, and I understand all of that. Probably over a year after um, that happened, and I'm sure they were not recovered, they were not a part of the church, I was called in and, and, and pretty much set out from that. I had the opportunity to sit down with them. And you got to understand that your pastor was very young, very green, very inexperienced, very everything to not be dealing with that issue. But something they said stuck with me. The, the wife said to me, what hurts the most is that nobody wants to talk about him. My family has told me, move on. You know, I have four healthy kids who have grown up and doing exceedingly well. I mean, they're doing far better than I ever did. And I'm so grateful for that, so I can't identify with that. But we all have the cancer, the death, the things of this life that cause the loneliness. And the best answer that I had for them, the best answer I have for you today in those lonely times, which we all have, is Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The mother and father will walk away. God says, I never will. And it happens. God's so good. Go today in the knowledge that God goes with you. Father, we pray as we leave this place that the Holy Spirit would wrap your arms around us, cover us with your love, give us the reassurance that no matter what this day holds or tomorrow may bring, you've already been there. You've overcome it. If you are with us in our loneliness, you will bring us through it. We look at an empty grave when on a cross you asked why were you forsaken. Lord, in our financial difficulties, our child-rearing difficulties, our marital difficulties, our employment difficulties, our making ends meet difficulties, we can begin to feel so lonely that no one knows. Lord, you already carried those things. And the forsakenness that you felt was ours. So Lord, get us up off our seats, move us forward in life. 
with the knowledge that you've carried those burdens. Long before we were here, you carried those burdens. And as they come to us today, you are with us and you will not leave us in them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you for being so faithful.